All right. The first thing I want to talk about for calling four bets is the $20,000 lesson, which is basically just a name that I came up with for the purpose of helping you remember that players' four betting ranges are heavily weighted towards aces, particularly at the lower stakes. Now, I call it the $20,000 lesson because that's how much I'd estimate that I've lost in the past couple of years from calling four bets when I should have folded instead. For the longest time, I had this huge leak where I always got my money in terrible in 4-bet pots because I wrongly assumed that players' 4-betting ranges were wider than aces, and unfortunately for my wallet, I had to lose many big pots to kick the habit, so it would have been really nice if someone showed me the stuff I'm about to go over with you a couple of years ago. And in the 3-betting section, I mentioned that a good rule of thumb is to assume that players' 3-betting ranges are probably tighter than you think, until they prove to you otherwise. This is exaggerated even more with 4-betting. So I want to bring it up again. You should really assume that players' four betting ranges are very tight and heavily weighted towards aces until they prove to you that they're a maniac or are capable of four betting you lighter than, than normal. After all, people really like to just call bets in PLO. And besides, it takes more courage to four bet instead of peel and see the flop anyway. So in general, players are just much more likely to take the passive route rather than the aggressive one. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Now, something else I want to point out is that stack off ranges in 4-bet pots when effective stacks are 100 big blinds are very wide. But how wide is very wide, you ask? Well, recall from the SPR table in Lesson 2 that we only need 33% equity to break even when the SPR is 1, which means that most of the time if you flop any type of pair or draw, you're committed to stacking off. And in case you're curious or want to review some of the more common equity matchups on a variety of board textures in PLO, then be sure to check out the PLO Quick Pro Equity Simulations document. The next thing we're going to talk about is called the proximity effect. And it's a term that was coined by Tom Chambers to explain why hands that are typically strong do worse against four betting ranges that are heavily weighted towards aces. It's actually a pretty simple concept. For example, a hand that's worth opening from any position, such as queen, king, queen, jack, 10, has a much tougher time making straights if an opponent holds two aces out of the deck, right? Additionally, every time king, queen, jack, 10 makes two pair, there's a good chance that our opponent with aces has made a straight or has a draw to the straight. It's also worth pointing out that wheel cards suffer from the proximity effect as well. And by now you're probably wondering, well, how strong could the proximity effect really be? So does this mean that I'm actually supposed to fold single-suited and double-suited broadways to four bets now? Way to get me all confused, Casino Crime. Thanks a lot, man. Look, don't sweat it too much. We'll be answering all of those questions during the next few slides. But for now, I just want you to realize that the proximity effect exists and that it definitely has an impact on how profitably you can call four bets. In fact, the proximity effect is strong enough that King-Queen-Jack-10 rainbow and Queen-Jack-10-9 rainbow are each losing calls at 100 big blinds. So, we just talked about how the proximity effect impacts the profitability of calling a 4-bet, right? Well, as you'll see in a second, there's several other qualities that reduce the profitability of calling a 4-bet. The first group we're going to talk about is unpaired hands with an ace in them. Now, when most people hear the word dangler used to describe hands in PLO, they mostly picture the role that the deuce plays in a hand like 10-9-8-deuce. But if you're facing a 4-bet against an opponent who's likely to have aces, holding an ace in your hand is basically like having a dangler, because it doesn't add barely any value to the hand, and actually we'd prefer our hand to not have an ace at all. Making aces up is worthless, and many times you'll be sharing outs if you have a straight draw. In fact, the only unpaired hands with an ace in them that are 
profitable to call a 4-bet with at 100 big blinds are the very connected, double-suited hands like Ace-Queen-Jack-10 and Ace-Jack-10-9, and the low-proximity 3-straight hands like Ace-8-7-6 and Ace-Jack-10-7. Next, lacking connectedness reduces the profitability of calling a 4-bet as well. In Lesson 3, we talked about how the more connected your hand is, the smoother its equity distribution tends to be. This seems pretty obvious, right? The more connected your hand is, the more likely you'll flop straight draws when you flop a pair, and the more likely you'll have a straight draw to go with your two pair as well. But I really wanted to point this out because there's a common misconception that I've seen talked about in the forums, where a lot of players think that it's profitable to call a 4-bet with any 4 unpaired non-ace cards, but this is simply not true. For example, if you do the math on a hand like King-10-4 deuce single suited, you'll see that the low degree of connectedness destroys its profitability. And Something else that's important, and it might seem obvious to you already, is that most of the hands that don't fall directly into one of these categories and that can't profitably call a 4-bet probably shouldn't have been 3-bet in the first place. So, for example, let's use a hand like King-10-4-3 single-suited. That hand can't profitably call a 4-bet, but that shouldn't even be in your 3-betting range in the first place. You feel me on this? Okay, good. Alright, I'll give you a second to guess what the next category is. Damn, bro! You chose Rainbow? You must be smart as hell! Now, since having low connectedness makes many hands unprofitable to call a 4-bet with, it shouldn't surprise you that being unsuited drags your profit down as well. Having a Rainbow hand hurts a lot, and it's enough to make hands that generally play well in 3- and 4-bet pots, like double-paired hands for example, losers at 100 big blinds. We'll look at some tables in the next couple of slides, but for example, 10-10-4-4 turns a nice profit if it's double-suited but make it rainbow and it turns into a definite loser. Last, having a pair in your hand causes you to lose money facing a 4-bet for the same reasons they suck to call 3-bets with. As I've said many times before, having a pair in your hand generally results in a more polarized equity distribution. And remember that as the SPR gets lower, the hands that do the best are those with a smooth equity distribution. Now, even though the majority of paired hands can't profitably call a 4-bet from aces, there are some that can still turn a nice profit. The best of which are single-suited or double-suited pairs that have 3 to a straight with lower medium proximity, like 9987 single-suited and Jack-Jack-10-9 double-suited. But again, even though being double-suited significantly adds to the smoothness of your hand, not all double-suited hands are profitable to call a 4-bet with. You'll get a better feel for, feel for this when I show you the tables in the next couple of slides. But for now, just realize that King-King-10-Deuce double-suited and 10-10-6-Deuce double-suited are both losers facing a 4-bet from aces at 100 big blind stacks. Okay, so we know which hands to kick into the muck, but which ones do we call and scoop the big pots with? Well, given everything we've covered so far, it probably doesn't surprise you that all of the qualities in a hand that make it profitable to call a 4-bet are the exact opposite of the qualities we just talked about in the previous slide that make calling a 4-bet with any given hand unprofitable. And I'm not going to go through each bullet like I did last slide, because I think they're pretty self-explanatory at this point. But if you're still feeling a little confused about when to call a 4-bet, I suggest visiting the link I posted earlier in the lesson and plugging in some hands on your own to get a better feel for the stuff we've gone over. And I know we've covered a lot of ground in today's lesson, but if there's one thing you can remember, and it's a good rule of thumb that I've picked up from doing some coaching with Tom, is that it's almost always correct to call with any single-suited, unpaired, non-ace hand that was good enough to 3-bet in the first place. Does that make it a little easier for you to remember? Okay, good.
Alright, so before we get into the hand histories, I've got a couple of tables here that I want to show you, because I know that all of this stuff makes a lot of sense when you're sitting there listening to it, but you'll have a much better chance of understanding it, and more importantly, using it correctly at the tables if you have a visual aid to go along with it. And Something I want to point out is that I pulled these tables from Tom Chambers' book, Advanced PLO Theory, which has hundreds of tables that go into more detail about 4-betting at different stack sizes, so you should definitely check it out if you want to learn more about this stuff. Also, it's important to point out that the blinds are 510 for all of these tables. Now, I'm going to show you two tables. The first one shows the profitability of calling a 4-bet with King-10-7-6 at three different stack sizes when it's double-suited, single-suited, and rainbow. And the reason I chose this table was to show you how much of an impact being single-suited or double-suited has on the profitability of your call. Notice here that single-suited King-10-7-6 yields over six times as many big blinds than it does when it's rainbow, and over 11 times as many big blinds when it's double-suited. I included the next table for similar reasons, but I wanted to use a hand that had different characteristics, so I chose the double-paired hand we used in the slide earlier, 10-10-4-4. Here, we notice the same trend, right? You'll break even with this hand when it's single-suited, and when it's rainbow, you'll lose three and a half big blinds, but when it's double-suited, your profit increases a total of seven big blinds from the rainbow hand. So you're probably thinking, okay, these tables are cool, but I feel like I'm missing something. Well, the main point that I'm trying to get across is that the three main things to look for in a hand if you're faced with a 4-bet against someone who likely has aces are the degrees of connectedness, proximity, and suitedness. For example, if you have high connectedness, low proximity, and you're double suited, well then it's an easy call, right? On the other hand, if you're single suited, but have high proximity with medium connectedness, well then it's probably closer to a fold. So take as much time as you need to look at this table, and then keep this stuff in the back of your mind as we check out the next slide. Okay. So these last two tables focus on the profitability of calling 4-bets with various combinations of kings. Now, I doubt that most people watching this need to be told that kings aren't nearly as big of a hand in PLO as they are in No Limit. But something I've noticed from surfing the forums a bunch is that many players are confused about whether double-suited kings are profitable to call a 4-bet. Like I said in the last slide, the profitability of calling a 4-bet depends on the level of a hand's connectedness, suitedness, and proximity, and kings is no exception to the rule. In the first table, you'll notice that King-King-9-8 double-suited is a 2.5 big blind winner at 100 big blind stacks, but take away its suit and it's no longer profitable. Now, in the second table, you'll see that even though King-King-10-Deuce is double-suited, it still can't turn a profit because of its high proximity and low connectedness. So before you get in the habit of just peeling with any kings that are double-suited, or any double-suited hand for that matter, make sure you always consider the proximity and connectedness of your hand as well. Hey, what's going on guys? Casino Crime here. Now if you like this video and you want more, then go ahead and click the subscribe button below right now. And if you want to join me for more of my 6 max success secrets and free video tutorials, just click the link to the right. See you inside the trainings. Good luck. Hey, what's going on guys? Casino Crime here. Now if you like this video and you want more, then go ahead and click the subscribe button below right now. And if you want to join me for more of my 6 max success secrets and free video tutorials, just click the link to the right. See you inside the trainings. Good luck.